0: So capitalism is not only ripe for change, Mm -hmm. but it is necessary for the well-being of humanity. That's Alexandra.
1: Yes, that is.
0: And -hmm. and a whole lot more. It doesn't sound like Gordon Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Gecko.
1: Definitely not. (laughs) You're bringing me back to the early, mid to early 80s. But that was the thing
0: for a long, long time because it was like, oh, greed is good. It's good, you know, and that's the whole. And and we should accept that because that helps people make money and you know it mm. doesn't matter what we do to stomp on other people or whatever um that was really accepted for a long time i mean it was like a caricature but but it was owned by the industry truly, in a way
1: yeah it truly was owned by the industry and i think to a certain degree still is just in general in humanity there's that you know that little that i think it's fair that makes people hold on to the greed but I have to say, um, I wish I can sit here today saying it just Wall Street has changed so much. But I, I don't really think it has. But honestly, you,
0: and, and I don't know. Well, OK, so you have had an evolution. I, I yes. guess it's probably fair to say yep. when, when you approach Alexandra and you see her, whether it's online like it is night and day compared to what you would think of a financial advisor right. quote unquote and so your mission
2: mm-hmm.
0: has i mean you do you're you're one of the best at what you do i mean there's no All question right. about it your reputation <laughs> is is what it is people know you in the berkshires for sure and outside the berkshires but what you feel from you is is so different than any other financial advisor. And I, I know a lot of financial advisors, <laughs> no disrespect to it, but, but there's there's a whole other focus mm-hmm. here.
1: Yeah. I, you know what it is? I'm, I'm a whole person. So there was a time where when I was, I, I've been in this industry for 36 years. So there was a time where I was just very focused and driven. On, I'm always focused to, get, to help the clients get the best return that they can possibly get and serve the clients and so on. But there was a piece of me that was fragmented. And I wasn't bringing my whole self to the to the equation. And what that was, was this woman who was deeply sentient, highly intuitive, and very sensitive towards other humans. And at one point, uh, I was at a meditation retreat and I met a gentleman who, now my husband, by the way, who looked at my website, was sitting across the table from me and said, I'm a little perplexed. He said, what I see on your website at the time, my name of my company was Alexander desk capital management. And this woman sitting in front of me while I can see the depth of your spirituality, I don't see it interwoven into your company. Mm. And he was an executive coach in Europe. So he's used to working with people and trying to help them become their authentic beings. He was right. And that was the beginning of a deeper discovery that I had in myself and with that I enlisted him and I said okay help me I want to transform my company I want to bring the two aspects of myself together this businesswoman and this inner me and how do I merge them together and it really came down to a deep dive within myself and it wasn't comfortable because i
0: bet it wasn't because first of all he's challenging you saying okay your company is not you Mm -hmm. which in a way could be also flattering saying oh you seem the real me (laughs) no one else sees the real me especially in business because Mm -hmm. you're in our culture you're supposed to have that front you Mm -hmm. know yeah okay well boy alexandra she's great at a party but you know she's all business at work but that's not authentic right Mm
1: -mm, it's not authentic and So I I really think there's masks that we wear as a whole in our society, and we're not showing up into our full selves. I think of my early years sitting in boardrooms, working with my colleagues, and I could see two sides to them. So I had it too. Mm. And so we did this deep dive. And I remember when I brought him over from Belgium for my first coaching session with my team to rebrand, I almost didn't want him to come because he said these words to me he said it's time to get real and
2: that's scary
1: it pissed me (laughs) off I was so mad I'm like like, I am real yeah and that was the beginning and uh in our team meeting I I I went to my sage advisor and I said to her I said I don't want to bring him here he scares me and she said oh he has your number you need to bring him and so I did. And I had to sit up in front of my group. She said one thing to me be honest. Be raw. Be vulnerable. Be, be honest. Vulnerability was not my thing. Yeah. Was not my gig, right? right? Right. No, no, thank you. And, and on Wall Street, no. No, definitely no. not. Five brothers, the youngest of five brothers, definitely not. You know? No, this was not a comfortable place. Okay, then. So I had to sit in front of my team and tell them the truth is I was afraid of being rejected. Mm and you know i came to realize that to love openly and to show love really is a frightening thought
0: you're hitting me you're hitting me um, it's like, you, know, <laughs> you know like because <laughs> you know it, it people have that is people in business that mm-hmm. is you know you have those masks and like in mm-hmm. vulnerability I mean how mm-hmm. a financial advisor showing no you you have to be the smartest one in the room all mm-hmm. the time forever you mm-hmm. know <laughs> whether it's a cocktail party or whether it's in a boardroom room mm-hmm. uh to su- show vulnerability that's you know
1: <laughs> yeah it <they're> really right. <laughs> my team was absolutely Uh, How do I put this? They were floored. They they wouldn't think that because they called me the benevolent general. So they always saw that (laughs) woman in charge who was caring, but it really, it floored them. And that was the whole evolution towards me looking at what it was that I was, what was, what was my injury that made me so afraid to be rejected? And how was I showing up as a leader with that? injury Mm. and i've come to understand and this is why i changed the company to um, investments for loving change i really believe your opening statement what's on my website is that in order for business to really succeed in order for capitalism to really have the long range we need to bring our authentic selves back and we need to come back to the human we need to come back to our feelings we don't talk about our feelings
0: Mm. Mm. i
1: think the best gift we can give is our is to talk about our feelings
0: yeah and mm-hmm. uh have humanity because you know another uh what was another uh line that we heard that uh corporations are people sir <laughs> remember that one yes um and so there's been this over time this sort of mixing and melding of like what you know what does it mean to be human or you know are and and you know, in a corporation is human like what you know so it's like it I think some of it's purposeful you mm-hmm. know in in our society to sort of confuse things um and uh I feel like you are a thousand percent correct that whether oh, thank it's, you
1: somebody thinks I'm a thousand whether, percent whether correct. it's whether it's
0: you know government or business mm-hmm. or corporations um mm-hmm. I mean supposedly this is all supposed to be for people but is yeah. it Uh, so yeah, if it, if it's going to survive, you know, Mm -hmm. if we have an economic system, that's going to survive, how does it survive if it's not serving people?
1: And it's not just about the economic system. I think it's the system as a whole, Mm. right? So many decisions are made outside of our true inner compass. And if you really look at that, the decisions that are made outside of our inner compass, are usually bad decisions I mean Mm -hmm. going to war I don't know about you but it's outside of my inner compass Mm -hmm. right so I mean we, we can go on and and I think what's happened over time at least from my perspective and from my own experience sitting in boardrooms and being part of senior management and executive management teams is that there's always been these decisions outside of the inner compass and what i found is companies talk about family and team and all this but it's just words yeah, yeah it and is just and this words, younger generation it? will not have it yeah they are smarter than my generation yeah they see
0: through the the marketing mm-hmm. and the and you know that that kind of stuff it's, it mm-hmm. is it is just words it's even worse than words it's just like you know the corporate stuff that you see oh we you know I mean come on (laughs) you can see a fake a million miles away yeah yeah you can there's a lot of it in the Mm -hmm. corporate world Mm
1: -hmm. and I think like one of the biggest compliments I ever got was from two attorneys separate occasions two two separate attorneys came to me and said what I really like about you is one one said there's no false pretenses and I thought okay I'm I'm doing something right and the other one said something about um just me being real, you know, to mm-hmm. the words of my coach when I was angry and, um, yeah, I, I feel like we all, to a certain degree, I feel like a unicorn in my industry, but at the same time, I know I'm not a unicorn, right. maybe I'm just allowing myself mm-hmm. to stick out, but if we're really honest, we all feel something, right? So and maybe,
0: And maybe there's a lot of people within the industry or in all industries that are maybe about this close to making that move yeah, you know that you know so. and, and maybe they're hearing mm-hmm. this podcast or mm-hmm. maybe you know mm-hmm. whatever um it takes to I, I because I feel I feel like we are in this place in our world in our universe that we there is there is some sort of thing happening some mm-hmm. sort of change um and uh you know it's hard yes <laughs> it's, it's hard to put your finger <laughs> on it but that you know consciousness what, whatever yes. it is we're we're, we're moving there's mm-hmm. something happening
1: yeah John 100 percent. I agree I I really feel the consciousness is rising you know when I see you know for example a teacher starting this business La Ho Chi and doing (laughs) healing work you know and and it's like jump out of the bag like jump out of that box and be you be that healer I love it I I feel like we can embody so many aspects now right Mm -hmm. and and I do think the consciousness truly is rising and I think now is the time when I say I think spiritual capitalism is ripe for spirituality. I really do think it's the time uh, my husband and I just were featured in a film in in a documentary in France cool. on bringing spiritual principles to capitalism. Mm. So we were featured here, which is cool and and they tend to be a little bit ahead. But the one thing that they said to us, which I think is really interesting in my company, we created a culture of love. Mm. And no leader can be promoted unless they actually embody love. Mm -hmm. And we've actually quantified how they get there. Mm -hmm. And we were even told in that film that so many people who were featured in that film wanted to say the word love, but were afraid to say it. Isn't that weird? It is weird. And I, I know this. It's scary to love, right? Yeah. I know. it's It's,
0: scary to love and mm -hmm. then there's um and then there's shame and embarrassment that comes along with being vulnerable uh, or the fear Mm -hmm. of it you Mm -hmm. know and to say and to openly say the word love whether it's in the corporate world or if you're running for office you Mm -hmm. know it's like no you you have to you have to let it go I I feel like you gotta let it go um Mm -hmm.
1: i think we just came up with your new platform (laughs) (laughs) the mayor running for love i like it (laughs) i like it that's right (laughs) yeah i you know why not you know i don't know if you've been around people who've passed away um i have had and i will call it fortune Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to be around three people who've crossed over in their final days Mm. and each one of them it was magic in each one of them in the end, they all wanted one thing to know they were loved Mm. and to know that they gave love. Mm. Nothing else mattered. One was tremendously successful. That didn't matter in those last two weeks. Mm. It didn't even, none of that even mattered. It was the visits. It was the smiles. It was the laughter. It was the holding the hand. It was the eye gazing. That's what it was. That's love. So I guess I want to know what, what are we waiting for? Why aren't we doing this yeah. in our everyday life? And
0: it's easy for people to look at that and say, oh, yes, we always hear that. But I got <laughs> bills to pay and I have <laughs> this to do and, oh. and, and all that. But really, if you do, if you really put yourself in and 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 put yourself in that position. Um, and of course, there are I think I think there are techniques out there. I mean, Eckhart Tolle talks about this, I think a little bit like, you know, actually even (laughs) imagining like yourself dying or something like that. Um, that, you know, go read the book. Don't, don't, (laughs) but, um, but you know, there's something, you know, to that, um, the simplicity of that, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the, the magic of, Mm uh, that simplicity. Um, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the priority of, of, and if you're spiritual,
2: mm-hmm.
0: maybe you're talking about the soul, and you know, and forever we've been talking about in the corporate world, uh, it has to be, you know, there's no religion, there's not anything like that. But when you talk about spirituality, a lot of times people think religion, right. but that's not what you're talking about. I gathering when you talk about spirituality I'm, in corporations
1: just, in, in, yeah. in business, absolutely. I'm just talking about the you know your spirit Mm -hmm. your spirit is sentient your spirit Mm. you have feelings mad sad glad or scared those are the four basic feelings i actually had to learn those as an adult Mm. and i had to learn how to express them fully it's that that's that's coming home to your heart coming home to your truth to me that's what spirituality is it's like what is your inner truth what's your inner compass Mm. what does it stand for right so that's how I view it. And of course, love, I think it, at, at the at the basics of everything that sits there, that need for acceptance, right? My own fear of rejection that I had to overcome. Hmm. See, it's, it's easier said than done, right? I can say I'm afraid of rejection, but it doesn't go away just saying the words. <laughs>
2: yeah. It means yeah. I have
1: to look at what yeah. made me afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay had to do a deep dive.
0: I do hope that you are enjoying the podcast. I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that this is a production of 180 Media. That's my full service communications and marketing agency. We do a full range of content development, graphic design, web development for WordPress or Wix or other web platforms. Copywriting, video work. Check out 180media.com and see also some of my past work and the agency's past work on my blog, johncroll.info. And now back to the podcast. Interesting um, that you've branched out, as one would imagine. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're not simply, oh, I'm a financial advisor. I have my clients and we meet and I try to get more clients and that sort of thing. But you do a lot more now beyond what's being done at the financial advising level Um, things like retreats and uh, so this is a part of the mission
1: yes this is part of the mission so first of all I just want to say I'm I'm eternally grateful to our clients at Willow without them it just wouldn't exist so I'm grateful every day Mm -hmm. and um yes so in addition to the company because I have learned so much about myself and I've learned so much about becoming an authentic leader, in my truth. I established a new company with my partner, my husband now, um, for leadership coaching, Mm. and for other other things. So yes, you know, that's a big mission for me, because if there's a way that I could encourage other CEOs to step out like this, then why not? Mm. You know, if I can inspire them somehow, and my, my husband happens, Pascal happens to have the skills to help them transform themselves. Essentially, I took idealistic concepts, safety, love, self-development, and of course the drive towards a better good and actually quantified them so that others can figure out if they're an employee, how do I get up that ladder? So, yeah, and, and I, I put a lot of time and energy and money into developing my team all kinds of things to help them gain what's called emotional intelligence to become to have a happier life
0: hmm. and when was it because at you know, some point you were in the traditional world of financial advising but you are intuitive you yep. have uh gifts mm-hmm. um that, uh, that that you share when did that start for you um God, well, you know I've had this conversation <laughs> this quite a bit on this podcast I've had a lot of great people who have have that gift you know whether it's uh past life regressions or um you know psychic you know but th- there's usually an, I guess an evolution Definitely. on how that all begins how to begin for you
1: yeah so I would say the path of an intuitive and a psychic and a medium and a healer it's never easy but I think the path of a human isn't easy right I mm. mean we all have our struggles For me, part of the reason I was afraid of rejection was because I did, and I can see the etheric realms okay because I can I can see certain things beyond the physical realm
0: there's more to it than just it's so much more to it I mean we're energy right we're We're energy total energy there's Mm -hmm. there's even other dimensions right things like that (laughs) so so being
1: in a very large family the last of nine children and having this gift where I could see you know let's say I can see angelic realms that's what I saw as a little girl and I would play with them as if they were here and they were here as far as I'm concerned you know and I was very content but it didn't fit into the structure of how i was raised and my hyper um psychic ability as a child freaked them out i can totally understand i mm. I, I know some of the things that i've seen and would bring to them that i can understand would freak them out mm. so to fit into that family of of the last of nine children i had to adapt and change and shift
2: mm.
1: so i was afraid to especially then i pick a career that's very
0: you could just imagine
1: very analytical right and I love that don't get me wrong like I didn't become a yoga instructor
0: (laughs) you did something else
1: I did exactly the funny thing about it is I love I love I love what I do I think it's very fascinating too so I picked this career and it was it was safe for me right because it was a core competency for me and I didn't have to show up with that other side of me but what happened John is I I was a closet medium. I was a closet psychic. So I would just write all kinds of, you know, I'd get downloads and write everything. Um, I mean, I dare say when I was working, uh, at a, uh, the bank, I called the tech bubble and the financial crisis. I could see it. Like I can see you sitting across the table. It's
0: not the me. worst thing to have uh, as a financial
1: advisor. <laughs> I right? think not, you know, so I don't know what to say about it. So, you know, but I, I, I kept it as like a, a kind of a closet, we can just hit it in the closet and the truth is when i see data because i'm a big data person it has a way of telling me a story and i think most people that i worked with didn't understand that until i realized that i'm very um i use both hemispheres of my brain Mm. so once i embraced that and i said well wait a second i have this higher knowing and i have this I just said, I'm going to combine one day. I just said, I'm going to combine them quietly
2: Mm.
1: and just, you know, hide it. Mm. And I did that for a long time until, of course, I met Pascal. And that's when he said he called me out and said that it was time for me to get real. And that's when I started to deal with the injuries. Mm. And that's, you know, the my deeper self that was, was so afraid of rejection. And then I just not only did I, you know, change and restructure my company, and actually rebrand that's when i started to allow my channel to be heard Mm. so not only was i writing it in the closet anymore just doing healings at my house for people who needed healings you know kind of quietly in my little meditation cave i just now am out with it and this is who i am
2: Mm.
1: and i'm okay with it now like it actually feels amazing you know that fear of rejection is gone because okay I, I understand if somebody doesn't agree with it, that's okay yeah. but I know who I am
0: Do you, and and with that because when you have a fear of there, there's a the fear that, mm-hmm. that comes along with oh well if they if they find out about this, oh, am I going to lose all my clients or yeah, yeah. you know something like that in that mm-hmm. world um and then at what point is there kind of you know because it, it kind of takes in consideration your entire, view of what this all is yeah
1: you, you know, know what I'm saying because like if, mm-hmm. if
0: if you if you let go of that fear you're basically saying you know what on the other side it's okay and there's a faith there
1: hmm yeah no there's a you said it exactly it was about faith because when I did finally rebrand the company and I started to allow myself to be fully seen and for who I am there were some clients that were, that had a hard time with that. And, mm-hmm. and yes, I, I did lose a couple, mm-hmm. but it was okay. I I'm all right with that, that I want them to be well-served somewhere else where they're comfortable. This is very important. This is very personal, all right?
0: Your vibe isn't the same as theirs. And yeah, that's not, you know, and, that, I, and that's no, that's no judgment. W-
1: yeah. Right? I mean, no, yeah, we're, 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 we have different priorities and yes, the, the fight, vibration may be different and, and <laughs> yeah that's true but but at the same time you know my ultimate goal is for people to i want everyone to feel happy comfortable fearless you know in in their power and if that's what they needed to do i it, it was with my total blessing and understanding what couldn't happen anymore is for me to hide mm. that could not happen anymore that right. that wasn't that was impossible for me
0: now of mm-hmm. course people are sitting here waiting well when is the housing market going to crash and, <laughs> you know and, and what's happening have what's processing. happening with the dollar and like uh how you know how can we keep printing money yeah. you know, endlessly and, and all this stuff so you know this is...
1: <laughs> i do have some thoughts on that I'm, I'm very happy to share just so you know i've I, I right now launched uh, a new economic newsletter called The Economic Intuitive.
2: Okay. Yeah. And it's okay. going to be a
1: very affordable newsletter for the world to be able to have access to because I do have a lot of knowledge, like a lot of understanding, a lot of downloads that come to me that get proved out. So essentially what happens is I, I get information, however I receive it. It's Sometimes it's looking at data. It's it's extra perception let's call it and then i have a colleague in the office his job is to prove me wrong that's mm, his job that's wow. his primary job prove me wrong mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that and um so it works out really good in the end because ultimately he hasn't been able to prove me wrong often <laughs> but when he does it's okay it's good uh and and we're able to combine the art and science of the whole thing so so Maybe I'll just give you a little bit of tidbit of what I think might yeah. be happening here. Yeah. I'd okay. love to have
0: some free advice ah, here just to see. from the intuitive, So, <laughs> uh, So <with> the- <laughs> and by the way, that has to be quite the niche. It I, is. I'm thinking that they're, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I shouldn't, you know, dispel that there isn't that sort of creativity out there or mm-hmm. hasn't been thought of before. Maybe it has, but like, I don't know. Um, it's the first time I've heard of, of that brand as such.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I I'll take that as a major compliment. Um anyway, so you know, we work thematically in the office and there's some broader themes that I felt were in the offing for many years. And one of them is that the dollar will no no longer become the reserve currency. Mm. And that's been a an underlying theme that I have felt for the last 10 years. And now we're seeing definite evidence of it. If I had a chart, I'd show you what it looks like. But you see, you have to remember the dollar was we went from the gold standard to the dollar yes. standard mm-hmm. when OPEC, when we went to right. it's called the OPEC dollar, the petroleum mm-hmm. dollar, right? Yeah,
0: the petro dollar or yeah. the petrodollar, yeah. right?
1: And uh what <clears> we are seeing, all trade, you have to understand the majority of trade was after that time was being done in the dollar. So if I was, let's say uh, Belgium and I was wanting oil from Saudi Arabia, I would take my, at the time, Belgian francs, I think it was, and convert them to US dollar and pay Saudi Arabia. So every the exchange, the majority of the exchange was in US dollar. What we have seen over the years was, number one, the emerging economies, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and some of the smaller ones have created their own World Bank. Mm-hmm. So that's step number one, okay. and
0: and and I, from what I understand, Russia has been uh, uh, acquiring a lot of gold.
1: Correct. Uh, yes, and, and, China and, and China as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Okay, yeah. but that that to me is not enough evidence. Well, it's it's in that background back burner, right? The second thing now is what you see is countries are now starting to trade their oil outside of the U.S. dollar. So that mm-hmm. was one of the things that we had an issue with with Russia is they we demanded i want to say it was about eight months ago that they continue to trade in the u.s dollar well of course they're not going to trade in the u.s dollar (laughs) anymore right um so we see several countries now circumventing the dollar to buy their oil Mm -hmm. and that's that's the beginning of nipping away Mm -hmm. at the dollar's strength you take that in addition to some of the Tension we're seeing, so the the U.S. isn't quite the shining star it used to be,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: So you start to see that continue, and and that to me is the beginning, the, truly the beginning of the end of the dollar as a dominant force in, mm. in, in in the economy. Why that is relevant is because we are already seeing the gap between those who have and those who do not widen. Mm-hmm if the dollar is to weaken right now it's strengthened because the fed has been raising rates but it still hasn't if i'd like i said if i had a chart still hasn't gone above its previous levels in fact if you look at it it's in a general downtrend mm-hmm. long term mm-hmm. so well, what was my point now i was talking <laughs> about the dollar. i always get into this uh so <laughs> so the long-term trend in the dollar has been coming down now why it's important if suddenly we move away from the dollar being the reserve currency so the world moves away from that suddenly our cost for goods goes up
2: mm-hmm.
1: right because of supply and demand if suddenly nobody is demanding the dollar what happens when somebody doesn't want something supply goes up the value comes down
0: mm-hmm.
1: so importing our goods for an importing we're still dependent on imports suddenly the cost of our goods will go higher hmm.
0: and we're already facing the kind of inflation that, I mean again for the average person at the grocery store
1: oh it's crazy and you know yeah. the
0: gas pump but the, I mean mm-hmm. yeah I think the grocery has been the most devastating for for families especially you know families of seven mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, yeah oh, my goodness. Um, yes. and,
0: and the rest uh so that that's interesting and mm-hmm. um and you wonder when you look at the long-term of that. And I don't I want you to finish your analysis, but I, you know, but some of the things that I think about when you go to the grocery store and it's so expensive and eggs are $7 a dozen and mm-hmm. is at what point is there a tipping point where we start to be more sustainable in communities mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and what, and, and who, and who's going to do that? You have to, you know, I, I think more and more will, you'll see action at the local level.
1: I completely agree with that. And it will come out of necessity. The unfortunate mm. thing is I think sometimes people have to get pushed to a brink. Right. right. And, you know, I, 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 feel like change comes, I mean, think about it in your own life, right? Change comes when you hit that point, that breaking point, mm-hmm. and and suddenly something dramatic happens. And I, I think of me on many times, many occasions where just, I hit a breaking point and then something dramatic changes. And I think, unfortunately, that that may be the case here. Mm. Because I do think, you know, getting to the point about where food prices are, I don't think we'll see much come off the lever on that. Man. And I, you know, I think that is a trend that will continue. And should it continue down this pike, I do think people have to become more sustainable. Mm. And, and I think that's a that will happen.
0: Yeah. And, and it's probably, he you know, said, it's probably something that should have happened a long time ago is, is to start to think about that. Like, especially food sustainability, <laughs> like, you know, there, there are these, uh, you know, if, if, every third household had six chickens, like there'd be no need to buy mm-hmm. uh, eggs at a grocery store, for example, uh, ever again, you know, things like that. Um, but you can, you can kind of scale that, uh, mm-hmm. in, in different, Mm-hmm. ways uh that that concept
1: and that has been happening john i, I mean you know I, there has been a movement towards community-based agriculture mm-hmm. as you know over the last decade or so mm-hmm. so it is happening at yeah. some energy so ramp that thing we just got to ramp it you way out. It up, <laughs> we baby. better get those greenhouses <laughs> it's just heart-wrenching for me to you know to know and see that a lot of people cannot afford to eat well mm. And I mean, healthy, right. well, right. not like abundance, but mm-hmm. real food, good food, right? healthy food. Yeah. That's very hard. And
0: it's like, again, mm-hmm. part of that world that isn't human driven <laughs> because how in the world do you look at the things that we consume on a regular basis? And we know, and, you know, anyone who knows knows, I mean, yeah, it's not, <laughs> we're <laughs> I, the, the worst people would say we're being poisoned on the best boy, there's a lot of bad choices out there that are easy and accessible versus the good stuff. Um, it's the product of a system, whether it's a Mm -hmm. a purposeful system or if it's made because of the nature of capitalism and corporations, how they are, Hey, whatever Mm -hmm. you want, you can argue Mm -hmm. both of those, but it's, but it's there, but it's there. It's there.
1: It's very hard. It's hard to see. I'd love to change it. I wish I can blink my eyes and change it. It's not one of my superpowers.
0: Now, <laughs> locally, again, I, mean, I know you have uh, clients globally, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it's it's easier sometimes to look at things uh, from a, a micro locally. And, and the housing market, I mean, there has been a little supply, uh, a lot of demand, and a lot of people in the Berkshires. It, the pressure has come also from outsiders quote-unquote new york city folks and boston people who buy with cash and things like that I was just having this conversation with a realtor the other day um so it's been tough for people to have a manu- maneuverability or even find housing um here in the berkshires uh, that may be similar across the country i'm not sure yes the answer is yes then um you know wh- where are we at here
1: yeah this is a good question so it, it it's interesting i was amongst uh, many real estate agents in the last couple of days and they're trying to figure out where prices are going and i have a again this was something i wrote about several years ago i do think that there's a certain floor under the price of existing homes so a lot of people are expecting a bust and and i'm not saying that there won't be and i i actually think <laughs> we have way too much debt on the government books too much mm-hmm. and i think eventually we'll feel that we're going to feel the effect of that mm-hmm. we're already seeing it in inflation whether the system starts to buckle underneath the amount of debt we have i don't know yet we're starting to see some delinquencies but the biggest thing right now that i'm seeing is that there's a bit of a floor underneath the price of housings because the price of new building materials are still high Mm. so the price of existing homes can only go so low Mm. when the your price of replacement right is still high right yeah so it almost feels like there's a bit of a floor maybe a little bit different this time and i think it is because because there is a point there
0: because of the you know as far as that goes because at some point if if building homes was cheaper then there would be that magic number somewhere that would just you know make it so that the building would but yeah still we're at that point where it's so expensive to build
1: it's so expensive to build and I just think that's going to keep a certain floor under the under housing and and it's interesting because you do see that that happened despite the Fed raising interest rates by a significant amount in the last year you know relative to how they normally go You don't see a a major softness in the in the pricing of houses. Mm -hmm. And and certainly not in rent right it's 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 absurd for people and then you know
0: especially when you have people coming into the market with cash (laughs) no matter what you (sighs) feel about the value of those dollars but uh you know they're they're hitting asking or above and uh pricing people who who then have to borrow right out of the market so uh so it's a tough spot for uh for people and Mm -hmm. um and it's tough you know if you're trying to find growth in uh, an economy well, part of that growth means maybe more people coming and that means you need more units of housing whether it's a single family home or multifamily unit or just apartments they're all hard to build yeah <laughs> right yeah. Now. so yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh
1: it's i think it's a bit of a quandary for people I, I think housing affordability is is a big big issue right now and i think it's caught many people by surprise because normally in the entire 36 years i've been in the industry when interest rates go up you you see that inverse reaction of pricing pricing and you don't see that yeah so and i do believe that until that changes and if it changes because remember we are import dependent Mm you
2: know once again <laughs> we're import dependent
1: <laughs> yeah. talk to some of the carpenters you know some of the the construction people some pe- you know contractors i'm sure they're still having some issues
2: mm.
1: with some of their orders i bet some I of their bet. supplies so yeah it's uh unless that shifts and changes and we start to see this the supplies some of these building products start to come down in price i think we may be in for a bit of a floor. Mm.
0: Now, where are you from originally?
1: I am originally from uh, just outside of Hartford, Connecticut, a little okay. suburb, Wethersfield, okay. Connecticut.
0: Okay. And mm-hmm. what brought you to the Berkshires? Originally? A
1: job. I was in New York City. Uh, I was working for a company in New York City in 1995, and I had a, an amazing, uh, I would say, spiritual experience and um, in Grand Central Station. And I knew I had to get out of New York City. I was what, working what on Wall Street. I was I was rushing. At that time, I was really focused and driven, so get out of my way, everyone. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I'm you. out of my get out. And uh, I was in Grand Central Station, and I was going to a client meeting, and I had my briefcase and my suit, and I'm just walking really <laughs> briskly. and. There was this old woman, you know, I could tell who was from another. She couldn't speak English and she couldn't find her way. She didn't know where she was. And everybody's just whizzing past her. Like, don't bother me asking for directions. And I saw myself just whizzing past her. And something was like, something pulled me back to her. Mm -hmm. So I walked over to her and I said, can I help you? She couldn't speak English. She's trying to show me where she needs to go on a map. And so I said, okay, this is a 95 I said I got to bring her I I knew I was going to be late for the client but I had to bring her to where she needed to go so I got her down to the to the train she needed to get on I circled it I did all this stuff to help her and of course it made me late but when that happened she touched my face and she said you're an angel and I got goosebumps all over my body wow and I remember saying oh my god I gotta get out of here because I was getting so hard so jaded you know and uh so I called my recruiter and said find me a job so this was the one I picked I interviewed at the bank at at the time and I really felt they embodied some warmth that I really needed and I took a position as a senior investment person with the bank and stayed for 14 years Mm. so it was really really good and unbeknownst to me I was getting very sick and I didn't know that at the time hmm. I knew I wasn't feeling good, but I was so focused and driven. I just thought I was just, you know, stressed. Hmm. It turned out uh, shortly after I moved here that I was diagnosed with MS, hmm. but I don't have, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I healed myself. I, I did a whole, I, I was very early stages and I went on a, a, a diet, a very strict diet I learned that's when i became a reiki master i mean i did all these things to heal myself (sighs) did you do things differently
0: than what the medical uh yeah i mean okay uh so yeah she's she's saying come on john (laughs) but i mean you know there are ways of healing
1: yeah yeah there are ways of healing and and um (laughs) i can say this that i think um let's put it this way after i recovered and i was still at the bank and i I enjoyed my job i was i decided to open a wellness center Mm -hmm. and i opened a wellness center in town specifically to help people because i recovered and i was so grateful you know and so i opened a a center and i do have to say that i did help one person who was willing to do what it took to heal because it takes a lot and it was beginning stages for him as well but most people wanted me to do the work Mm. Mm -mm. That's not how you heal.
0: I mean, so
1: I mean, MS, I know vitamin Mm -hmm. D
0: Mm -hmm. shortage is is known to possibly contribute to. okay
1: yeast, candida, candida overgrowth, which I'm I'm convinced that was my issue. You know, I'm not saying that please understand, because I know Mm. other people see things differently. This is just my perspective. Sure. Uh, So I think yeast overgrowth. I, I had way too much antibiotics as a little kid. I think that played in I think Lyme played in because Lyme is a great mimicker mm. of MS hmm. so there's a lot of things I learned so much about my own healing at that time and I just wanted to help other people yeah and once yeah. you go on that
0: journey of knowing that uh, the body can heal itself in in ways that maybe we're not let on to to know uh, mm-hmm. as well and in sort of the mainstream mm-hmm. um and that sort of thing uh, yeah, there's a lot there, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're so we're capable of so much more,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think than than the traditional, and, and again, with all respect to my, my dear friends, nurses and doctors and, and every and everything, um, but, uh, but there, but there is another way too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and there's a time for both. I, yeah, I think if you, absolutely. if you can marry both, you're, you're in a perfect place because I, I do believe the body has a natural healing mechanism, but there are things that you have to use mainstream medical care i've I've used it many times on my own so yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and thank you so much for that (laughs) so i just feel like life is a balance and it's what feels right for the individual so for me i knew this was was my journey this is what i needed to do for myself
0: Hmm. and then 14 years at berkshire bank
1: yeah and
0: uh what made you take the leap to go into your own investment firm that's what it was back, back <laughs> yeah. then before Willow, Yeah, there was uh...
1: yeah, yeah. Before Alexander Jessica management, I worked at the bank. Right. So I've always wanted my own company and I just came off of the financial crisis, having called it and doing well for my clients. And I knew it was my time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, frankly was coming home very burnt out, the portfolio grew exponentially and I I just was working a lot and there was no balance and I really to have balance I had to start my own company mm. I had to just be me and uh that that was really what what made me drove me to do this I didn't realize how much of a unicorn I, I mean I knew I was a unicorn but I didn't realize how much and I didn't realize how much I really wanted to shift and change the way things are done in the world, Mm. at least influence from my little tiny bit that I can. Mm. So So
0: in, in the sense that you wanted to do things differently. So even, even before Willow, you know, Mm -hmm. your your firm that you had, Mm -hmm. it was, it was quite a switch, not just in the fact that you were going into business for yourself, because that's always very, it can be very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've had this conversation a lot on the podcast about that, that flip from, you know, there's that steady paycheck, you know, in addition to maybe probably some commission, I, I mm-hmm. assume <laughs> a little bit, um, you know, to then going into your own thing where it's like, whoa, you know, what if I don't get any clients to come with me <laughs> or, or, or whatever, you know, um, that that's a very stressful time. Can it be.
1: absolutely is and it <laughs> was and she but there believe. was something you know it was like the river of life was just taking me and, mm. and just something said it was the time so somehow the fear even though it the fear really came before I took the leap once I took the leap it was like there's that driver right it comes yeah. in again and says this just has to be and and then the fear was over somehow I don't know through some grace through some great grace i became very confident and knew that i was going to be okay Mm -hmm. so there's that faith right Mm -hmm. there's that faith that Mm -hmm. comes in all the time i knew i was going to heal from ms the faith came in i Mm -hmm. knew that i was going to be okay when i left the bank and i was Mm -hmm. so yeah that faith really carries me
0: and this community in the berkshires and and, and i I look (laughs) at it and i feel like um you know, because we have Kripalu, which is a mm-hmm. really great feeder system to a lot of uh, practitioners who may then go start their own business and and that sort of thing. And there's a and you know, but that's like that, that's the 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 big heavyweight there is, is Kripalu. So it's just people know about that. But um, but it seems like I could be wrong, but it seems like we're a little bit more per capita yes <laughs> um o- open maybe 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 we're not i don't know i mean what is your feel about the berkshires
2: well I, um, in
0: regard to sort of the healing arts energy um you know the things that that we
1: talk about well i love the berkshires i love the nature and mm-hmm. and i and one of the reasons actually when i moved here when i took the job at the bank i remember i came into the city with my mother do you know to say hey what do you think this is where i'm going to be and she was so impressed at how friendly the people were here hmm. and so was i i remember when i first went to the grocery store i the the young i was living in new york city and the young man who was bagging my groceries said thank you ma'am have a nice day and i looked at him and i said i don't know if i'm supposed to hug you or tip you <laughs> <laughs> you know are you looking for a tip young man <laughs>
0: No, I'm just being friendly. Uh, <laughs> a little yeah, southern just, hospitality in the Berkshires. I love have... it.
1: Yeah, I I love the nature and 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 then I also think, no matter where I am, I always seem to find the the right people too. But there is a simplicity here that I appreciate. Mm. It's it's the noise. It's not you don't have all the noise. And That was the one thing coming from New York City. It's like all the noise went away, mm. and uh, that was yeah. That's the beautiful thing about the Berkshires. I think it is, it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. here downtown. We get a little bit of noise,
1: but that's <laughs> yeah, OK. Yeah, here, here.
0: That's OK. Uh, yeah. We love the activity. But um, but yeah, so tell me, I mean, our in this whole community in the um, the leadership and this concept um, and and really a community, I think that you're you're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know tell me tell me about that and um and what what you feel like that's what you feel like will happen there and and you know if you have a sort of vision for that
1: okay so in terms of leadership my vision my gosh wouldn't it be great to have just everybody have everything they need <laughs> my vision you know aside from my company for for the other aspects of me the the part of me that says that i think capitalism is ripe for a change for me what i want to be is a beacon of hope and inspiration for other leaders to do the same to just do it as scary as it is as hard as it is as uncomfortable as it is do it mm. and that to me is my next step in life that to me i feel like there's an aspect of me that's called to it. When we're talking about fearlessness, when we're talking about having faith, that's where I know I need to go next. Mm-hmm. And I haven't any doubt about it because yeah. it can be done. Like, why not?
0: When you say those things, like it, it hits me. And mm-hmm. and I feel like and there's something, yes. and there's something, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. And, and like, but that's the test these are these are tests in life for people I, I feel i mean everyone has their own journey and everything but when you when you feel it and sometimes like and it's a scary kind of feeling mm-hmm. you know it it, oh, it is know. and you, <laughs> and and like so you know it's like this uh uh fight or flee right there's there's that too and a lot of times people will avoid um but then it's still there and so to feel through it and to push through it, maybe not push is the right term, but like, that's a, that's a powerful thing.
1: It's really powerful. And I'm convinced that part of illness, because when we talk about MS, part of the reason when I looked at the emotional aspect of it for me, there was a piece of me that wanted to be cared for, but didn't know how to ask, how to allow to be cared for. So if I was mm. sick, I would be cared for one night and so that was Mm. underlying that whole ms structure so yes it's scary to actually allow yourself to feel or in my case to feel exactly what i was feeling and what i will say is once it's like flexing a muscle once you do it like i am very transparent now i have nothing to hide i really don't and is that not
0: the best place to be in the world like that, you know, where it's like it, you know, because I, I, well, I mean, whatever world you're living in corporate world, you know, <laughs> politics, life, <laughs> divorce, <laughs> like what, you know, all these things that people go through. Isn't it just nice to be like completely honest and, and oh be okay God. with that and never, yes. because they you know, always say honesty is the best policy. It's also the, the most, it's just,
1: it's nice, <laughs>
0: and it's scary, I think,
1: too. So, yeah. so yeah. To your question, like for me, that feels like my next step in life, and and you know, my partnership with Pascal with the United Interstates of Freedom, I mean, that's our going to be our focus. He has the skill set to help these leaders become whole. He did mm. that with me, and now I had the willingness. And i'm i'm smart myself you know i know where to go i'm okay i have i have some knowledge myself i i'm not you know i didn't you know just fall off the turnip truck but but he was able to help me through his skill set come to the other side and be able to create a company that i never really dreamed was i mean i dreamed it was possible but didn't think it was possible mm. right so that's my next step is to to help other If I can help other companies, encourage them to, to do some deep dives, to change their culture towards a culture of love, Hey, or whatever it is for them, but something that really embodies the whole, I'm all for it. And I, 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 I think it's ripe. I think it's ripe. And I think if we don't do something really Mm. that we really are on a collision
0: course, I feel it too yeah i I think everybody feels
1: it john i think you know people may not be able to put it into words
0: Mm.
1: but it's there Mm
0: -hmm. and yeah well alexandra did we miss anything
1: no we missed nothing my god this was so fun (laughs) thank you so much john you're doing great work i I hope we see you soon yeah the mayor of love (laughs) i'll take that i'll take that (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the John Croll Podcast on your platform of choice. Maybe it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever works for you. Also, I would like to hear from you on the people and the stories that you'd like to hear more of. Send me a note through Facebook Messenger, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm easy to find and I'm easy to reach. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you'd like to support the podcast for less than a cup of coffee, and I'm not talking about the cost of a large latte at a fancy coffee shop, no, more like a McDonald's coffee, go into the description of this episode and scroll down to the anchor.fm link. It's right there. Just click it and you can see your options or log on to anchor.fm backslash john hyphen kroll backslash support. Again, thank you for listening. I'm John Kroll. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.